So I don't know how to start the episode now. No, do it again. Do it again. That's fine. No, because we had like a whole thing. Now it's gone forever because you weren't recording. Forever. Well, I do have call recorder, but it's not worth it. It wasn't even that good. It's not worth it. No, none of your recordings work anyway. <laughs> it's It'll just fact. be through the laptop microphone or something. <laughs> it probably will be. Uh, Mike, I got questions for you. Yeah, you have. I've got lots of questions. You won't stop asking me questions about the Apple uh, Watch. I'm wearing an Apple Watch. I don't you know won't stop true. asking me questions about my Apple Is Watch. Is that really true? Is that really, really true? I feel like it's a lot. I feel like it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of questions. It led uh, to a mutual friend of ours sending me a DM in Slack and said, I don't know why people feel the need to question your decisions so much. <laughs> right? Like, it's not just about you. It's just like everyone would just quite like I make a decision and everyone's like, there must be like, you know, like demanding, demanding answers. But I guess that's the life that I built for myself is that decisions that I make around technology answers are demanded because that's my life. I am a yeah. technology communicator. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. So here's the thing. So I noticed, or maybe you told me, I don't recall. I, I shouldn't make it sound nefarious, but one way or another, either you told me or I noticed that you had your eye on a ceramic Apple watch. Yeah. I was telling ever anyone mm-hmm. that would listen that I wanted it. Yep. And then Several days later, again, maybe you told me, maybe I noticed. I'm not trying to say anything nefarious happened. But one way or another, I noticed you have now purchased a ceramic Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to uh, unpack that a little bit to to use a David Smithism. But before we do, yeah. uh, let me explain slightly and defend, defend myself slightly as to why I've been peppering you with questions. Um, when you first got the Apple Watch years ago... To my recollection, you were pretty in love with it, as was I. I was like the most in someone could be. Right, exactly. On on the Apple Watch. Like, I wore it every day, and I had all notifications, right? Like, (laughs) I was like in. I was the nose tap pioneer. Like, I I all in on the Apple Watch. Like, big time. I forgot about that. God, I still nose tap way too often, which is convenient since I have a humongous schnoz, but still... Uh, yeah, I wish that it's a great a way to, to to do it because this I, I, I thought about the nose tapping when I was saying like everyone was saying oh this is a one handed device a one handed device it is not it is a two handed device it's actually more of a two, one, like two handed device than a phone is agreed agreed so because one of your hands cannot interact no matter right. how much you try with the yeah. watch yeah my, I'm not uh, that so bendy. sometimes. If your hands are full, you need and you need to hit a notification, or like snooze an alarm or whatever. Use the nose, but indeed, I did it today. Yeah, I I do it all the time. I really do. So you were devoutly in favor of the Apple Watch, and then I think over time you became just very in favor of the Apple Watch, but maybe not so devoutly. And then all of a sudden, somebody got in your ear. I, I just I, I don't know who it could be, but somebody got in your ear and decided to convince you that. Uh, foo-foo mechanical watches are superior in every measurable way. And I think you resisted for a little while. And then but I, don't, some... I don't believe that. Okay, tell me why. Well, I don't believe that they are in every single way oh. superior oh, fair, because fair, my fair, mechanical fair. watch cannot give me notifications or call someone if I fall over or like I'm aware of these things. Yeah, right? There are benefits to computer watches. You get my point though. The, the pendulum swung heavily in the opposite direction, which is fine. You're allowed to change yeah. your mind. You were allowed to change your mind. That's totally fine. And then I feel like you and Marco to some degree, to some degree for each of you went on a sometimes loud, sometimes quiet crusade and in explaining that the mechanical watch is the only watch for you and, and except maybe when you exercise and that's about it but the mechanical watch is the watch for you several mechanical watches in fact are the watches for you um and you're not terribly interested in the apple watch anymore which again 
That's fine. No problem. But all of a sudden, this ceramic always on display Apple Watch appeared in your life. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like maybe you're embracing the boop boop watch all of a sudden. And that's again, mm-hmm. that's allowed, but it's just funny to me because I feel like you swung a hundred percent from the, from the, all, all the way on the left to all the way on the right. I don't know which one's which. And then now we're like easing maybe even past the center back toward the Apple watch. Maybe so. No, you see, you see, this is your, y- you get transfixed in an idea that is your idea becoming fact. <laughs> okay, tell me right? more. You've had the idea that for some reason I'm now trending back towards the Apple Watch. I've never said that. In fact, everything, every time I have spoken about it at length on, I think, two podcasts now, I am quite critical of the Apple Watch and its fundamental features, right? Okay. Which are notifications and battery life and general management of a product like this. So what I will say to you, Casey, is as of right now, the Apple Watch remains a watch in my lineup. Oh, here we go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? Okay. This, do, you follow, do you follow where I'm going yes, with this? Yes, yes, yes. I own an Apple Watch. I am wearing an Apple Watch. Over the last couple of weeks, I have worn an Apple Watch more than I have worn any of my mechanical watches. One of the main reasons for that is because I am a person of which newness is a factor. Yeah, okay. Right? So, like, if something is new, I am more excited about it. And I've always been this way since I was a little kid. When I was a kid, if I would get a new toy, I would take that new toy with me everywhere, including, like, if I was sitting down, I would sit it down next to me, right? So, I'm wearing my Apple Watch consistently right now because it is my newest watch. And it's the same anytime uh, that I I own three mechanical watches now. And anytime that I've, I've, when I've purchased those, they have been all that I've worn for a period of time until it goes into the rotation. The ceramic white Apple Watch, I think, is a very good-looking watch, period. Okay. I do not feel this way about aluminium or stainless steel. And that's fair. I think that they are very nice-looking smartwatches. But the ceramic white Apple Watch makes a statement of its own in fashion, Right. Because I wear it with the white sport band, and that's probably the only band I'm going to wear it with, because that is, right there, a big statement. It is just a bright white thing, right? So I think it looks very nice. I wear it with a very simple face. I wear it with the California face, black with white indices, and underscore David Smith's moon plus plus complication. I think that that is all very attractive, and I am happy with that look. But... It's still an Apple Watch, and it's still... It's, okay, so uh, well, the one thing I didn't say, like, the reason that I went to this is one of my biggest complaints, and one of the reasons that I moved away from the Apple Watch and didn't want to go back was because I want my watch to tell me the time all the time, and it didn't do that, right? Yeah, like, that's I'd fair. I down at my watch, and it wouldn't do that. So when they brought that feature, I was like, great, this is what I was looking for. But the always-on display actually harms usability of the Apple Watch's features because sometimes I get a notification, I look at my watch, and nothing happens because I haven't looked at it hard enough. <laughs> right? So, right. like, it's still not there. Like, it's there's still, like, they've brought in one feature, but by bringing that feature in, they've actually harmed some other usability. 
Now, ultimately, like I still haven't decided how to, because con- I still feel like I'm getting too many notifications and I want to continue to bring that back. I'm really enjoying having like playback controls and stuff for things on my wrist again. Um, and I'm also really enjoying like the health stuff when I need that, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm out and about to know like how much I'm out and about. Uh, all those kinds of things are really useful and interesting to me. But then there's like, if you don't have all of the notifications going to your watch, but you have some going to your phone, your phone's still buzzing anyway. Yeah. So like, I'm actually considering really just removing uh, either all notifications or haptics for notifications and just kind of use the watch in the same way that I'd use my phone. Like, look up, does it look at the screen and see if there's a notification waiting for me? Um, but I haven't, I have yet to pair it back. I mean, because one of the reasons I want to do this, I want to get it to a state that when I put the Apple Watch on, it's not too much of a daily, uh, like, change, lifestyle change to when I wear one of my other watches. Because I, I will not that. be wearing this every day. So I don't want it to be like, if I decide that the Apple Watch is what I want to wear today because it, complements the way that I want to be that day, like the way that I want to dress or whatever. I don't want it to be like, oh crap, I'm wearing the Apple Watch because it won't stop, li-. like, you know what I mean? Like it won't yeah, stop bugging yeah. me. So I've yet to really work out exactly how this device is going to fit into my life, but I find it very beautiful um, that, as it is fair. right now. So that's where I am. But let me tell you something that's like uh, kind of annoying, not annoying, but like another thing about the always on face one of the things that I love about my watch my watch collection, I love the faces. That's what watches are, right? Like you pick a watch face. I mean, and that's why both me and Marco are so perplexed and frustrated at Apple's lack of customization and flexibility in watch face design. Because when you get into the watch world, what you're buying a lot of the time is the face primarily, like how the face looks, right? Sure. So if you buy a watch and the face doesn't look exactly how you wanted it, why did you buy the watch? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's kind of some of the frustration that I have. Uh, like I may be speaking for Marco, but that's how I perceive that he believes of it too. But like when I look at my watches, I can watch them move. I watch the seconds moving and all that kind of stuff. The Apple Watch doesn't do that because when the always on kicks in, I can't see it moving anymore. Like the seconds don't move anymore. So there's a lot of little things like that where it's like you're kind of a watch and you're more <laughs> of a watch than you were before, but yeah. you're still a computer. And that's perfectly fine. But I think that uh, I, I've considered myself a watch guy first now as opposed to an Apple Watch guy. So Yeah, I think that's fair. And again, uh, the thing that's just so striking about it is the – not 180 because that implies that you are completely in love with your Apple Watch and you will never touch your mechanicals again. And I know that's not true, but it it has appeared to be quite a change in opinion over quite a short amount of time. Which again, well, no, you're they, allowed. They, they, they fixed it. They they fixed the pro- like the main issue that why I wouldn't want to wear it. Like if this Apple Watch could have come out if it was still not an always on, I wouldn't have bought the white ceramic because like I loved the gold stainless last year as well, but. I wore I bought one for Adina. I wore it for a day and was like, no, this isn't for me because it's still not giving me that thing. But when they added the feature, the always on feature, that's what changed my mind. It was there was no other reason. Yeah. I understand. So you like it, but you don't love it. Correct. 
Yeah. And are the, I don't understand why the faces are so bad to you guys. I guess I'm just not as discerning. Right, because, right. The reason is, like, it's okay. These are, these are very nice watch faces if you don't have opinions already. Right? Mm-hmm. I have formed strong opinions from spending time looking at lots of pictures of watch faces. And one of the big things here is like stuff that Apple can't do. They cannot make light effects. What do you mean by light effects? So when I have a, my watch on and I, and I move one of the faces, if I have like a brushed dial, the mm-hmm. light will change and the, the watch face, the material, the oh, color mm-hmm, will change, mm-hmm. right? Or if I just move it, say I have a raised indice, like the little hand, the hour markers, right? If they're raised, they're usually polished, so then the light will hit them, mm-hmm. right? Or I can, maybe some watches, like one of the things that really frustrates me about the California dial is that it has these hands which are black in the middle, so in theory could be hollow, like they could be hollow in the middle, sure, sure. right? Like So you could see through them. There is a watch that I absolutely love. I've, I've seen it a few times. I think it is absolutely stunning. It is called the Amalfi Series 1S. I will put a link to it in the show notes. This is what Apple should have done with this watch. You can see through the hands as it's passing over the indices, right? Like there's stuff like that where it's like, that is unbelievable. Like that's so beautiful. But Apple can't do that because they're, it's made of pixels, not material. So light doesn't hit it. It does. It can't pass over each other in interesting ways and cast shadow. Like you can't, the, the color isn't going to change because of light effects. And honestly, like I think anything you would do with just color on a watch face is not going to be the same. So that's, that's the thing. So once you've developed tastes in, in, in watch faces, the things that you begin to enjoy, the Apple watch doesn't have. The Apple Watch has many other things which make it better at being on your wrist than a watch. But if you're talking about the, the, the aesthetics, it's not, it's not there. Like also, I want a 41 millimeter. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Right? Because the 40 is too small. The 42 yeah. is too big. I want a 41. Yeah, you and me both. But like traditional watches, you could probably get that, right? Because they do lots more. You know, it's just sure. like stuff like that, you know? So... You know, or, or like if if I didn't like the forty two uh, Apple Watch, I would get a forty one and a different watch brand. But I can't do that because then there's no. Why? What's the point? There is no Apple Watch made by another company. So if you, if, if tomorrow Apple enabled via software third party watch faces, and let's assume for the sake of discussion that you found one that you at least really liked maybe you yeah. weren't in love with but really liked do you think that would be enough to largely but not completely put away the mechanicals or do you think you would still use the apple watch about as much or as little as you as you do now i would be happier to wear it when i'm wearing it and maybe wear it more but it's it's still not going to be enough because th- what you can get with the watch faces is it solves one of two problems right one of two problems being i can find something that i actually like and it can be customized the way that i want that's problem one which is solved but problem two which is the difference between physical and digital cannot be changed and it is a big part for me okay yeah that's fair texture i like texture i like shadow and light that's never i just i just can't do it right yeah yeah you're not gonna be able to get that on the apple watch they can fake it 
but it's always going to be faked and it's always going to look fake and 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 it's just not what i want i like the 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 mechanics of a mechanical watch too in the same way that we both enjoy vinyl yeah 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 there is a pomp and circumstance to it all which i enjoy mm-hmm. even though it's stupid and annoying sometimes like when i have <laughs> yes. to sit for like 2 minutes and change the date right because i haven't worn a watch for 2 weeks yeah 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 but yeah. it's it's part of of what i love Yep, I understand that. Every time I listen to vinyl, I get happy about it, and then I hear the pops and the hit in the in the, in the hisses and whatnot, and I'm still happy about it, but I'm kind of like, mm. but what really kind of annoys me is when I'm in the middle of doing something and I get to the end of a side, and now I need to stop what I'm doing and flip it. And like, mm-hmm. yes, I understand that's kind of part of the fun, quote unquote, uh, of of listening to vinyl, and and I do a hundred percent love the pomp and circumstance of it. I really and truly do. But at the same time, there's a reason why most people don't listen to vinyl and why I don't listen to vinyl more often than not. I do sometimes. I do not always. And it's for reasons like that. And I think that that's a I think your opinion of the Apple Watch sounds to me to be not too dissimilar from my opinion and perhaps yours of vinyl in that it is it is a way I can listen to music. It is not the way I always listen to music. Mm -hmm. I just want more control over notifications. Yeah, I actually Based on nothing but gut feeling, I think it is more likely that we will get third-party watch faces than than the kind of granular control that you or I would like over notifications. I agree. Because that's just not an Apple thing to do. Agreed. I, I also, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm turning my opinion around with regard, we're getting way too uh, connected in ATP right now, but I, I feel like... Uh, I'm turning my opinion around with regard to the the likelihood of third-party watch faces I think it will happen. And the reason, and I think you might've actually said this, somebody, I thought it was somebody on Connected said this, and I was thinking the same thing. If we can handle dark mode on our devices, we should be able to handle an always on watch face. Like I'm not saying it would be easy. I'm not saying it wouldn't be crummy for a developer to, to do it. But I really think that if Apple wants customizable watch faces to be a thing, I think they can make it a thing. And there's plenty of reasons why it would be hard or difficult for Apple and for developers. But I think if they want it to happen, they can work around it in ways that are not terrible. And I really think sometime in the next couple of years, there's a strong possibility it'll happen. Yeah, I, I am. I, I believe it will. I mean, I hope so. I know it's, I know it's often brought up, but the third party keyboards is... The thing that I always hang my hat on, it's like they did that. Yeah. It's just they just have to get to a point when they need features yeah. for watch OS or for a new watch and they don't have any ideas. Yep. And that's probably why they're holding it. Yeah, and or like if sales start really lagging and they just need some mm-hmm. new thing, you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm-hmm. guess what? Now you can install uh third party watch faces so everyone buy a watch. Or or perhaps even better slash more obnoxiously oh, hey, if you buy the Apple Watch Series X, only on the Apple Watch Series X can you install third-party watch faces. Yep. I don't know. Have we'll you see. fixed your battery life issues yet? Mostly, yes. So as I sit here, it is currently, what time is it? Uh, about 10.30 in the morning. The uh, watch was picked up off of the charger, uh, so three and a half hours ago, and I'm sitting at 87%, which is acceptable, but not great. Um, it seems to vary throughout the day, or I should say, it seems to vary day to day. There are days where I don't feel like I've done anything unusual and I'll end the day with like 30 to 40% charge, which is what I'm used to for my series three. And then there are days when I feel like I've done the same kinds of stuff and I'll end the day at like 15%, which I'm not particularly comfortable with. 
So it's not, I would not say it's unequivocally solved. I wouldn't say that I have no concerns. Like on the series three, it was extremely rare. I ever had a problem with battery life. It did happen, but it was very rare on this. I am more wary of, of the battery being able to last all day, but that is a far cry from the first week I had it, which was it could barely last half a day without a charge. And now I can relatively comfortably go all day without any major issue. So I am feeling much more positive about that. I've also understood that 6.1 watch 6.1 is also a lot better on the battery life. Um, so mm. we'll see. It's also tough because, you know, it's a cellular watch. It's the smaller watch. Cause I have little tiny wrists. I used to have the bigger one. I used to have the 40, two. Is that right? I used to have a 42. Now I have a 40 uh, because the 44 is just too big as you were just talking about a minute ago. So I agree with you. Like I would love a 41 or 42 millimeter Apple watch, but now Apple is just not serving that market, unfortunately. Not yet. Anyway, not yet. Anyway, but no, I appreciate you uh, taking me on a little tour of your thoughts on the Apple, on the Apple watch watches in general. And the thing of it is, is, you know, yeah, I actually do have a couple of unremarkable uh, mechanical watches. I mean, I, I love them, uh, particularly uh, one that Aaron got me uh, several years ago, a Citizen and EcoDrive, which is fancy for a for someone who does not have fancy watches. You know what I mean? Like it is no, um, I forget the name of the ones that you and Marco love. The, what, the some with an M, right? Nomos. Oh, Nomos. That's what it is. Yeah. Like it's no Nomos, but it's fancy for someone who used to buy $30 watches, you know, $30 Timexes or whatever. And anyways, I really love that citizen. I'll, I'll break it out for special occasions. Like I wore it to your wedding as an example. I think I wore it to the relay live show. I don't recall for sure. Um, and then, uh, my brother got me one as a, uh, as a gift for being in his wedding, uh, an MVMT or movement or whatever you call it, which I, which I like a lot, but I just don't, I, I personally don't choose to wear them very often because they they lack a lot of the features that I like. You know, they lack mm-hmm. you know the notifications and things of that nature. Um, so when I when I choose a mechanical watch, it's because I am making a very very deliberate choice that I think typically for fashion this is a more appropriate choice for the particular event I'm participating in. And I think that that's not too dissimilar for you, except you know, maybe a different kind of event. Like you would absolutely not choose an Apple watch for a fancy event. You would choose a mechanical, but no, I like feel like we, me and Dina went out for a date night a couple of nights ago and I changed my watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Right. Like I wore something else. Cause it's, you know, for, for many reasons, it's not what I would want to wear in that situation. Yeah. And so I think I maybe, you know, a handful of times a year will choose a mechanical watch. And I'm not saying you're a handful of times in a year choosing an Apple watch, but I think it's more along those lines where you default to mechanical or I will perhaps return to defaulting to mechanical and will occasionally flex, if you will, to the Apple watch. And I default to the Apple watch and will occasionally flex to the mechanicals. That's the, th- that would be the theory. I, don't, I just haven't decided yet. I right, want you to tell me about something else that's awesome other than your beloved ceramic Apple watch. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move. With Squarespace, they will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. Maybe an event even. When uh, For our wedding, we created a Squarespace website so we could give the information to our guests. They have templates that are built just for that. Their templates are award-winning, beautifully designed, and wonderfully customizable. You can get a unique domain name of Squarespace too, so you can give your website the destination. right? So people, you can say, oh, go to thisplace.net or thisplace.com. You can do all that with Squarespace. They have 24-7 customer 
customer support. So when you're setting everything up, if you need any help, they're there for you. They also have really great guides too. Whenever I build their website, if I websites for Squarespace, if I get stuck, I always check their like help documentation first because it typically always has the answer that I'm looking for. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install or patch or worry about. There are no upgrades needed. They take care of all of that stuff for you. Whether you want to create a blog, a portfolio, maybe even an online store, Squarespace has the tools that you're going to need. Go and try it out today at squarespace.com analog. Their plans start at just $12 a month. There's no credit card needed to try them out. And then when you sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for this show. That is squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I want to talk to you about hobbies. Okay. This has been on my mind a lot recently um, and I wanted, I have a lot of thoughts about hobbies. And I wanted to just ask you, do you have any hobbies? Maybe. I don't know. Like, that seems like such an easy question, and I don't have a really good answer for it. Um, I, I don't, I, I think maybe I was thinking about this a lot when I noticed it in the show notes, uh, and I can't put my finger on something that I think an average person would consider a normal hobby. So as an example, I do like taking pictures a lot, but it's not like I go out and do a photo walk or anything, you know, with the sole purpose of, of taking pictures. Maybe I'll do that like twice a year. Um, I, I try to take good and well-composed pictures of my family and friends when I'm in a situation that I can do so, but it's, that doesn't happen all the time. And I don't always bring my big camera with me, especially because the iPhone camera has gotten so freaking good lately. Um, and so I, photography is a hobby ish. Uh, I'm not very mechanically inclined. So although I think I would enjoy like wrenching on an old car or something like that, well, a, I don't have an old car to wrench on and B I'm not going to do that to my car because I don't want to break it. And then, uh, see, I just don't really have the skills. I have plenty of theoretical knowledge, but very little practical knowledge. And if you want confirmation of that, just go listen to neutral and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But, uh, but no, I, I enjoy reading. I think the best answer I can come up with is reading novels, which I do in fits and spurts. You know, I'll, I'll find a novel or two that I really want to read. I'll plow through them probably a little too obsessively. And then I'll stop reading novels for like a couple of months and just not even think about it again. Yeah, I don't know why I found found that surprising, but it came up on ATP recently. I don't remember remember in what context it was, but you were talking about reading and reading novels. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know why, like it didn't necessarily strike me as a novel reader. Right, per se. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean anything bad no, about that. Yeah, like, yeah. Jason reads novels, and I know that, right? Like, <laughs> and that a novel reading is part of his personality as like a like a pop culturey type person, right? Sure. Like, he that's that's part of Jason's identity is consuming pop culture stuff. And I feel that you're more basic like me in those situations, right? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. really feel like even me or you are spending tons of time. Uh, seeking out the very best in movies, film, you know, like yeah, TV. Agreed. Like we, we take recommendations and 
enjoy that kind of stuff. So it just surprised me uh, to see that you uh, that you read novels. Do you read them every day, like before bed kind of thing? Is that- no, no, not at all. I mean, if if I'm in the midst of reading a novel, then yeah, it'll be before bed. You know, instead of just goofing off on my phone, I'll actually read. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, if I have the chance, like if the kids are preoccupied and, you know, Aaron and I aren't in the middle of doing something together, then I'll take that opportunity instead of just refreshing Twitter over and over and over again. I'll, I'll sit down and continue reading. But, uh, but no, I, I do enjoy it. I, I think that my tastes are limited. Like I have very little patience for something that does not grab me right away. So as an example, a couple of years ago now, maybe even several years ago now, I tried to read Game of Thrones and right. within the first 50 pages, I gave up because I felt like I had met 3000 different characters, had no idea who any of them were and had no idea what was happening. Now, maybe yeah. if I were to try it again, maybe I would like it. Maybe I wouldn't. But the novels I've tended to read lately have been typically uh thrillers i would say so not okay. in the like boo scary kind of way but in the like psychological thrillers oh not even psychological thrillers. i'm thinking more like a yeah. like born identity in, in the movie because i know that's a book and the book i read and actually didn't particularly care for but the mm-hmm. movie the born identity where you're grabbed right up front and it just does not let you breathe until the end you know what i mean that kind of a book is what I've tended to enjoy. So a few authors as examples. Um, I know it's not very sophisticated of me, but Dan Brown, who is known for the Da Vinci Code, very hey, good don't, example. Don't, don't do that. I mean, I, I, everyone... Enjoy, you know you can enjoy it. Oh, no, I enjoy it. I unashamedly enjoy it. I just know that most most people who have more refined tastes than I would say that they're very poorly written books. And honestly, I don't even notice. I think they're fine. Um, so Dan Brown is a really great example. I've gotten, and I've said this several times on several podcasts, but I've gotten really, really into an author, uh, by the name of Brad Thor. Um, the one caveat with Brad Thor is that every woman in every book that he's ever written, he's written like 20 now is just unbelievably attractive. Like there's never anyone that he will spare the time to describe how attractive she is, you know? I see. And that's frustrating, but if you can get past that and maybe you can't and that's fine, but if you can get past that, they're really good books. And Dan Brown, or excuse me, Brad Thor to me is like half Dan Brown with like the kind of puzzle, not literal puzzles, but kind of puzzly, like thrilling sort of thing. And half Tom Clancy with like the political thriller side of things. Cause they're all kind of political, but they're also like edge of your seat. You can't breathe until the end sort of books. And I love mm-hmm. them. Um, Jack Carr, who I think is actually a pseudonym for two individuals, but uh, I was turned oh, on to weird. him. Yeah, which is super weird. I was turned on to him by the the author's notes in Dan Brown's most recent book. Or, God, I keep saying Dan Brown. In Brad Thor's most recent book. And Jack Carr's written two novels so far, very similar to Brad Thor. And I happen to like that formula. So obviously I liked it. Um, and and so I've really enjoyed those. And the other one, the other author I'd like to call out is Blake Crouch. Uh, you might know him for the Wayward Pines trilogy, which was eventually made into a two-season Fox uh, TV show, which is okay, the TV show. But the trilogy was really good, and he's written several books. I've not written his entire, uh, uh, I don't know, bibliography, if you will, but uh, I've read I've read a lot of his books, and they are all, these are more sci-fi thrillers, so less militaristic as the Brad Thorne, Jack Carr's The World are, mm-hmm. um, less puzzle necessarily as a Dan Brown would be, but just very interesting sci-fi thrillers often to do often to do with what is the nature of reality, which sounds like, whoa, man, but it's, it's not, you know, that kind of thing. It's very approachable and very interesting. 
So, listeners, uh, Mike has apparently received a phone call. Probably, he probably knew about it because of his Apple Watch. Uh, let's see. Uh, born, yeah, maybe it was too much politics. I don't know. I just didn't think it was very interesting. Uh, uh, I didn't care for it, even though I freaking love the movies. Uh, oh, the uh, Hunger I'm Games. I'm sorry about that. No, that's fine. I, I just didn't know call. what the hell happened. It was Samsung, Casey. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, My oh. Galaxy Fold has arrived. I can go and collect it. <gasps> All right, so. we got to end this soon then, huh? No, no. <laughs> but I'm going to go pick it up today. Finally, that thing has arrived. This is like this. This is the funny thing about analog. This is all can all stay in the show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the time delay that we have. Oh, that's true. You will, people will not have listened to this until after you have told everyone how dumb that phone is. It, it, don't be like that. <laughs> yes. But like, it's that fun, you know, it's yes, that yes, funny, yes. like. <laughs> anyway, but um, I I've neglected to take note of the authors, so I'm I have but I have no doubt that you will be putting them yes, all in I the will. show notes mm-hmm. for our listeners. It made me wonder: um, Have you ever thought of checking out those books that Federico really likes? I have. Oh, yes, actually, I read um, the original trilogy. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of them. Oh man, I'll put it in the show notes. So uh, it's going to drive me insane. I can find uh, it. I can yeah. find it because they, are they interviewed good. the author on their show. Yep, dialogue. Yep, yep. Oh God, a Red Rising was one of the books. So let me cheat. Red Rising. I can't, I can't think of the darn author's name. Uh, Pierce Brown. There you go. Uh, the Red, Red Rising, the uh, the first trilogy, so that was Red Rising, Golden Sun, and Morningstar were phenomenal. I loved them. That then continued with a second trilogy, which I've had a real hard time getting into. It's it, he changed kind of the the mechanism by which the story is told, and and the story is obviously uh, it's it's the, a second trilogy, so you know it's taking mm-hmm. place a while after the first trilogy happened, and. In and of itself, that's fine, but I don't know. For some reason, I've just had a real hard time getting into them, but I'm going to pick those back up again. But yes, actually, I'm glad you said that. The The Red Rising trilogy by Pierce Brown is also very good. And actually, you know what? I really enjoyed uh, the Hunger Games trilogy. I believe it was a trilogy of books. Um, I, I thought those were really enjoyable. And even though they're uh, they're officially targeted as, as young adult or whatever, I thought they were very good reads. And so I, I would mm. recommend those as well. Uh, but what are your hobbies these days, Mike? Well, let me that that went on a little bit more than I thought. Like no criticism. Like yeah, you, yeah. you have more to say because we went in a different direction. So I, well, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But I just want to say, like, I wouldn't have really considered uh, reading as a hobby. Like, and this isn't a criticism, yeah, right? Like, I'm I don't know if I would have really thought of that. But I think one of the funny things about hobbies, is I kind of think to to like to really kind of mangle a. a like a metaphor or synonym or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of, the hobby is in the eye of the hobbyer. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever yeah. is your interest that you spend time on is kind of your, it's your hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't read for any other reason other than your own enjoyment. Sure. Yeah. So, because like, again, really not, no judgment. Like you're not reading books that better yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Like, because you read a lot of like fiction. I mean, you open your mind to ideas, but like, or like to imagination and stuff. But if you spent your time reading a bunch of history books and nonfiction, like in theory, in the greater construct of the world, you become more learned, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. can use that skill in other places. But you have, I would assume, no uh, desire to create fiction, fictional work, really. No. Although I would, I would argue, and I know that you're not trying to imply the opposite, but I would argue that just reading in general, 
one hundred percent yes. It you opens know. your mind, and mm-hmm. it and it I'm sure is really good for the brain. And there are a million exactly. studies and like all that kind of stuff. But I mean, like, so you are definitely getting some benefit from that. Like, I'm not discounting that, but like, totally, you're maybe not building things that you can like use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so like it's it's not like a skill that that yeah. you're building with it. Totally. You, but anyway, so like you know, so that's why I'm kind of saying like it is more. There is no benefit to it other than enjoyment, which is perfectly good. And I, for some reason, I don't know why, maybe because I don't read, I consider reading requires more work than watching TV. So think of it more as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I don't know a, why. I, it's, it's odd, but I agree with you and I totally hear what you're saying. And, and I think, you know, obviously one of my hobbies, I guess you could argue is watching TV and watching really stupid television shows, which I just love. And just to put a point on kind of my portion of this topic, uh, you know, I love my kids. I love spending time with my kids, but one of the things that having kids does is that it takes away your time for you, you know? And so where years and years ago, I might've been more proactive about learning new coding languages or writing you know, or maybe, you know, maybe writing more for my website or something like that, which I mean, actually, you could argue is work today. But you get my point is that a lot of these things that have more concrete output, more tangible output, I think I've largely had to put away on account of, you know, having kids and, and having kids that take up a lot of my time. And as another quick example, like I do quite like my Switch, but I, the only time I ever play it is if I play Mario Kart with Declan, because it is unlikely that I would choose to pick up the Switch and like sit down and play Zelda, which I still haven't finished two years on or whatever it's been. Um, it's unlikely that I would choose to do that over just reading or catching up on all the things I missed during the day on Twitter or what have you. Um, and so I think once Declan and Michaela are in school all day, which is still several years away, I, I have a feeling I will pick up more hobbies or just work harder. <laughs> I will pick up more, more hobbies that, ha- that are more traditional and have like a, a traditional tangible output. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom, the company who make website performance monitoring super easy. Everybody loves a fast website, and Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online and snappy. Sites like the Relay FM website or Slack, BuzzFeed, Twitter, Spotify, Amazon, Netflix, these are just some of the companies who trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. Why? Because websites are super complicated. They could be fraught with issues and problems. They could be broken in a million different ways. With Pingdom, you can monitor any site transaction at any time. So it's not just, is my website up or down, but is my user registration function working? Is my checkout page working? Anything that's on your website, Pingdom can keep their eye on it. They can take care of all that stuff for you because they want your users to have the smoothest website experience possible. And if disaster strikes... You'll be the first to know. Super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. That is it. It's super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. That is it. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now. You can get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout, and you'll get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Well, thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. So... I feel like I don't have any hobbies. And that is something that has been bothering me for a while. And it's been something that I've been trying to change. I have interests, right? Interesting. And okay. I also have jobbies. <laughs> What's a dig an example of a jobby? Uh technology, gaming. Uh, pens. Well, 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 okay, okay, okay. I'm with you. All, I monetized all of my hobbies. And when you monetize you your fool. hobbies, 
let me tell you, one of the greatest things that could ever happen to a human being is they get to do the thing that they love, right? Yeah. But what it does do is means that the things that you love become your work, and that changes the way that you interact with them. There are things that I have to care more about than I would normally care about, right? Does that make sense? Like, yes, yes, okay. I wouldn't have put as much time into reading reviews about macOS Catalina this week if it wasn't my work. Yeah, okay, I understand that. Because I kind of don't care really about Catalina because as a user, because I'm, pla I'm planning on actively avoiding this operating system, right? Mm, so mm -hmm. if I was just an observer, I would have read some small articles, but not read multiple thousands of words, about it, you know? <laughs> sure. But I would about iOS, because that's where my care lies more, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the I, I've kind of ended up in a situation where the things that I love to do, I've made podcasts out of, and then I've been able to make them part of my living. Again, wonderful way to live. But what it does mean is you remove your hobbies. So now I have, I've started to develop some interests, right? Okay. Like watches are an interest for me, but they're not a hobby. That's a very expensive hobby. I have no desire to make that a hobby because I do not have that type of money to, to make watches a hobby. Um, I enjoy video games, but video games are still a part of my job, but I'm trying to play more games and not necessarily talk about them. Okay. Yeah. Right. But that still feels like sometimes I'm playing games to work. Okay. And I'm trying to find stuff. One thing that I've been really enjoying recently is mobile photography. Okay. Now, but hold on. Why do you classify it with mobile? Why is mobile photography not photography? Be no, no, it is photography, but I'm just being very specific in that I don't want to buy a camera. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm calling it that just so it can frame it for people. Like, I don't want to use a real camera. I want to just use my iPhone and the apps that my iPhone has and just play around with that stuff. Like, I, this isn't like an overall feeling for me. Like, I, I'm not even, I don't, I've been like tinkering around with these applications, like pro camera apps, right? Mm -hmm. Like Obscura and uh, Halide and stuff like that, where you can like, or like uh, Filmic. Mm -hmm. What does Filmic do? <laughs> what does it do? Uh, How does what it work does with it the do? <laughs> but what does it do? What does it do with uh, the Deep Cut? And do by Friday. Listen to do by Friday. You should. Um, and and I feel like I don't even really want to go into that right now, if at all. Like I just like what the iPhone could give me, and I like tinkering with it. Um, and it's funny because it feels like a hobby to me in the sense that like it's something that I'm playing around with, and I share that with others. But it's like not in the same way as my shows, right? Like I just put these things on Instagram because I just want to put them out there, and I know I'm getting better at it because people keep telling me that mm -hmm. right so like people reply to my um my my stories on instagram and they're like the composition of this is really good you're getting better at this or like and and also as well like i do all of my edit editing in visco and i use their filters but then i do lots of tweaking and i'm starting to like realize how to do things i want to do where i'm like i like this picture but i want to make the red more red and I know how to do that now, right? So like I'm okay. able to identify things I want to do and then know how to bring them out in the image. So this is maybe a thing which is becoming a bit more of a hobby for me. And I'm getting the inclination at times to want to go to places or do things so I can take pictures. 
So it feels like it's maybe mm-hmm. becoming more of a hobby for me. Okay, yeah. But I don't know if it will be, and I don't know what else. But like my my overall feeling is, I want hobbies now because I feel like. And one of the reasons I want hobbies is so it continues to allow me to enjoy my other things that are work-wise. Because I've, what what I was going into is realizing that like all I do is work. Because yeah, when yeah. I'm reading about or enjoying the things that I like, I am thinking about how I can turn them into topics for shows. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or like this show, right? Like where like everything I think about, it's like, can I talk about this to Casey? Probably. Like Why this not? thing is happening to me. Like I'm in this like recursive loop right now. But anyway, so I wanted to have more things that I do that I purposefully have no interest in making shows out of and like actively avoid it. So they've just become the things that I enjoy. So like, like watches, for example. I don't need to buy watches for them to be a hobby, right? Like I am like consuming watch media and stuff like that. And I am purposefully 100% avoiding a watch podcast, even though people ask me for it all the time. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, I mean, it seems like you have plenty of thoughts on it. And I hear what you're saying yeah. about not wanting to monetize all of your hobbies. I do. But this seems like it's ripe for monetization. So. Yeah, and 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 if anything, like that, if I wanted to get into watches more, a watch podcast would help me do that. But mm-hmm. I don't. I want that to just be something that I'm interested in, at a cursory level, and I just enjoy looking at pretty pictures. Yeah, right. Where it's like if you look at something like the Pan Addict, right? Where I am with watches now is kind of where I was, maybe even less than when the Pan Addict begun. Now I am like. I know all this stuff and I'm always paying attention and like I'm really tuned in. I don't know if they, I don't necessarily think I want to be tuned into the watch world. I just like looking at pictures on Instagram of people's wrists with their watches <laughs> on them and like learning a few things here and there, picking up some terminology, reading the occasional article, watching the occasional YouTube video. And I think I like that. That feels like a hobby or an interest as opposed to part of my job. So it's just something I'm thinking about a lot. Uh, like I have origami sets here and I've been tinkering with that, although I haven't touched that for a little bit because I haven't been home very much. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to like, trying to expand my mind a little bit more and not have it be stuff that I turn into my work. And I just wanted to share those kinds of feelings with you. I think that makes sense. I don't think that's unhealthy at all. Let me ask you something, though. You said earlier you don't want to buy a camera. Tell mm-hmm. me tell me more about why not. I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm, I'm, I'm meandering to a point, but, but indulge me if you will. It's more work than I want to put into this hobby right now. Like, I have a, a, a I don't even know what it is, but I have a nice camera. Like, the, the, this, like um, let me go, let me get it. Hold on. Okay. Because I bought it for my fledgling YouTube career. Ah, yes, I remember this. You can't hear me saying that, but I do remember your fledgling no, YouTube I career. I have a, I have a very uh, stretchy headphone cord. Oh, okay. It's a Canon something. <laughs> I'm holding it, a Canon EOS something. Oh, that's helpful. I mean, and it's one of those things where, like, I can get some very nice shots. An EOS M3. There you go. Okay. I can get some very good photos from this camera, like far superior to what my iPhone can do in certain conditions, right? Mm-hmm. because it has a lens on it, right? Like it's a 15 to 45 millimeter lens on it, right? Like mm-hmm. it can do stuff that my <laughs> iPhone can't do, right? Sure. But I am ju- I just, 
it's more it's more work maybe than I'm looking to put in right now. Like I like what my iPhone can do. Why why do you say it's more work? Again, I'm not trying to argue. I'm trying to understand why do you why do you say it's more work than than the iPhone? Uh, it's less easy, right? Like I take the picture and then it's on my phone and I can edit it and post it wherever I want to post it or whatever, right? But with the camera, it's like I take the picture and I've got to get the image to where I want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. But then also the uh, the iPhone does a lot of the difficult stuff for me. Sure. Right? Like, it will... I know that cameras have autofocus and all that, but, like, it will... I feel like the processing that Apple is doing is, is like, far more intense than the processing that you will get on a, like a Canon camera, right? Like, Canon camera doesn't have sweater mode. <laughs> sure. You, you know, know what it, I mean? It's interesting you bring this up because I've had a real struggle in the last couple of weeks oh, and particularly. also 100% hearing you talk about this is one of the other things which is making me feel like I don't want to get into the camera because you've been like so hot on your camera for the last few years like talking about it wherever you can and now you're kind of like eh, and I'm like aha right yep. so no, that's exactly cameras. it is that you know I look at you know so yesterday morning we went to a local botanical garden and I took some photographs of it and I actually put some on Instagram. Beautiful photos. Thank you. Um, That's very kind of you. And some of these pictures. I'm complimenting your iPhone. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll take the compliment anyway, even if it's not meant for me. Um, But but yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like some of these pictures and what's striking to me as someone who has a mild, uh, uh, I have a bit of an eye for, for, for photography, but I don't have a great eye for it. Um, but what's striking to me is what I believe boils down to the HDR in the iPhone. And what I mean by that is I'll take a picture of like a grassy field with a building on top and that's exposed properly. But the sky, which should have been like way overexposed because the grass is so much darker than the sky is, is also exposed properly. And this is what you were alluding to a moment ago, Mike, that, that the magic that the iPhone can do computationally is way more than I personally am capable of doing with like editing tools. Like I don't really ever edit pictures outside of maybe correcting white balance. I never go through and like, I don't have Lightroom. I don't have um, Photoshop or anything. Like I never go in and like meticulously edit my photos. And I'm sure that, that I could stand to make them considerably better if I did so, but that's not a skill set I have. And similar to what you're saying about using your big camera, it's not a skill set I necessarily want either. Like I don't want to have to go through all these pictures for, you know, an hour a piece trying to pluck out the correct contrast here and the correct lighting there. And so even though I do love my quote unquote big camera, which is an, uh, an Olympus OMD EM 10 Mark three, um, the only reason lately I've been turning to the Olympus is if I'm doing something remarkable. So maybe I'm on vacation. Maybe, maybe we have family together that I don't see very often or something like that. Or it's just exceptionally important to me for whatever reason that I, that I have really and truly beautiful photographs of what I'm taking. And by that, I mean, typically it's exceptionally important to me that I have that nice bouquet behind, you know, that nice background blur Mm -hmm. because almost everything else about the iPhone camera is probably better than my big camera. It cannot replicate even in portrait mode. Straight up though, portrait mode on the 11. Is amazing. It is very, very good. It is still, even to my unsophisticated eye, not as good, but it is very good. I think you can be tricked by it now. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I, especially if you dial it down a little bit, right? Like 
if you dial it down from what Apple do to it automatically, right? I feel like you can you can totally be tricked by it. Like, agreed. I've taken some pictures, mostly of Adina, that I've been posting to my Instagram, that are like, this could come from a anything. Yep, uh, I agree. And I I think I Casey can be tricked slightly easily, and I think that you know one arbitrary consumer could be tricked reasonably easily. I agree. It is getting very very good. But yeah, but that's what I bring my big camera for. So like we're going on a vacation in a couple of weeks. That's a, you know, once every five to 10 years kind of vacation. And I will have the big camera with me for it. But I suspect most of the time I'll be using my iPhone. Yeah, you should just use the iPhone anyway for your work, right? Like, like don't even yeah. bother with the big camera well, unless you're really scared. But Well, it's it's just that I, I don't want to miss out on really good pictures of this trip because it's our first real big family vacation with all all four of us. Like, we did the beach uh, a few weeks ago, and that, that was big, but this is like plane travel, the whole rigmarole. You know, this is a serious family vacation. Um, and so it's bouquet that gets me on the big camera. And the other thing that I just, uh, that just occurred to me is I have a pretty decent zoom lens for my ca- my big camera that can get me way closer than the two X on the iPhone can. And so that's another reason why I would get the big camera out. So let's say, um, we went to, uh, the state fair, uh, you know, a, a few days ago and I'm standing not on a ride, but you know, Declan and Michaela are on one of those little kitty rides and I might turn to the big camera to get the zoom, to get me close enough to get a really good shot of the two of them. And the iPhone would be sufficient. It just wouldn't be as good. But mm. ultimately what I've said to you is the only times I get out my big camera or for the times that it really freaking counts or I'm far away from somebody or it's, I am insisting on having that perfect bouquet. That's not a lot of choice. Not a lot of times I'm yes. choosing the big yes. camera. I mean, ultimately, it's very, very rare that I use the big camera these days. And when I first bought it, you know, well, this is the second uh, similar camera that we've bought. The first one we bought right before Declan in 2014. That's five years ago, Mike. Five, not 50, not 15, five years ago. And the pictures coming off the big camera were night and day better. Now I'm telling you, I just spent 10 minutes telling you, certain cases they're better well this is like the thing with i was just thinking of support chain mode when you said it right like because it's software and it's very smart people working on it they will soft portrait modes are going to get better at a faster rate right like you yeah. can't really make the bokeh better on it you know like it's just mm-hmm. what it is right but i feel like it's gonna it's gonna get better at a very fast rate yeah i agree and so i don't think it's unreasonable for you to say you you don't want to use your big camera. I, I know it sounded like I was going to beat on you for it, but no, I think that's perfectly fair because so much about using your iPhone is better. The, the smart HDR in my eyes is better. Having everything geotagged automatically is better. Being able to edit it right on the same device is better. Mm-hmm. So I Capture think outside of the frame. If you suck, yeah. if you use that feature, right? Which, yeah. RIP. <laughs> Just like that. It's a, it's a flash in the pan, mm-hmm. uh, but no, I agree with you. And and I think that's partly why I was kind of pushing back early on in, the, in your half of this topic when you said you're into mobile photography. Because to me, I think that line, as, as, a, as a non-professional, that line is very blurry these days. And I would almost argue you shouldn't be qualifying it as mobile photography. I think you should just say you enjoy photography. And maybe you're not as serious as a Marco or Tiff or, a, or a Tyler Stallman, but you might be at least as serious as I, and I consider myself as a, an amateur, as a hobbyist, I consider myself reasonably serious. So I don't think you should, I don't think you should caveat it. I think you're just into photography and I think that's really exciting. And that is, you know, 
to wrapping it right back around again. It's becoming a hobby. So yeah, well, uh, at least I think it is. We'll see. I want it to be, and it, it is something that touches that I touch on on shows more because it's like cameras and well, but it doesn't really feel. I don't ever feel like I'm taking pictures for work. I feel like I'm taking them for me. Yeah, and I think it's important to keep it that way. Yeah, I want it to be. I want it to be. So don't expect a mobile photography podcast. Even or, though that would be kind of fun. Or or perhaps this will pivot into that. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, just listen to Tyler Stallman's podcast. That's, Stallman that, that podcast. is if you want that kind of stuff anyway. That is a really better good answer. Day. He's such he's just one of my favorite creators right now, Tyler. Oh, he's agreed. a very, very talented individual. And super nice, which makes it mm-hmm. hard to hate him. Well, that's how you end up being a favorite creator. That's true. It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Smile. Let me talk to you about Text Expander. Text Expander will let you insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a couple of key clicks everywhere you type. You can take control of your time and productivity by letting Text Expander handle your repetitive typing tasks so you can get back to the important stuff. It is available for Mac OS, Windows, iPhone, iPad, and Chrome now as well. Making and editing snippets is now even easier with Text Expander's new visual snippet editor also. Companies use Text Expander for teams for customer support, reports, emails, and anywhere else they need consistency and accurate text. So this week, my uh, our sales assistant, our sales manager here at Relay FM, uh, she is away, and I have been taking some of her tasks. Um, and so she created some text expander snippets for some emails that she would need me to send. And all I had to do was type a snippet in the uh, like the the subject line of an email, type in a couple of words, choose some, some dropdowns, and it would pre-fill this entire email for me. It would put the subject line in, put all of the body text of all of the stuff pre-filled. This is, I say this for two reasons. One, we work with an incredible person who will do these things for me <laughs> because they know they cannot trust me to do it on my own. Two, Text Expander is incredible because it lets you do stuff like this. If you already love Text Expander like I do and you would like to tell people about it, I have an affiliate program, so you can go ahead and do that if you want to. Uh, and also, if you're like me and always looking for ways to be a little bit more productive, you need Text Expander in your life. It makes typing those repetitive phrases and paragraphs unbelievably fast. An entire paragraph that would take minutes to type, you can expand in less than a second. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more right now. And listeners of this show can get 20% of their first year by going to textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and all of Relay FM and for making the last two weeks easier for me that's my <laughs> jingle for tax expander i didn't know that i wanted to create jingles for uh podcast sponsors maybe that's my next one <laughs> you took the joke right from me i was gonna say maybe that's your hobby hashtag oh. relay your feels questions mm-hmm. we've been getting lots more let's do a few the first one comes from friend of the show stay mm-hmm. what activities that you did as a child most influenced who you have become today that's a good one. I think for me, it's just, it was just tinkering with a computer constantly. Um, I was always, always mm-hmm. tinkering. Lots of tinkering. Yeah. This was, I genuinely think it was because we were like, you were a little bit older than me, but still kind of the same generation of sure. like the internet existed, but it wasn't immediately available. So computers became interesting, but we couldn't always be online. Yep. So mm-hmm. I used to just spend more time at the computer, just poking around at the computer and seeing what it did. Yep. 
Um, like just like I remember, uh, I think this was on my PC, not on my Mac. It was my PC. I used to just like search my PC for files. Like I used to just search names of, of things <laughs> that I was like I wondered if it would have, and I would, and then I would like dig around and like, what does this do? What is this image? You know, that kind of stuff. Yep, totally. Um, and also like uh, taking things apart. I used to take a lot of things apart, could never put them back together. And I also had this like kit when I was a kid, which looked like a radio DJ's like kind of control sense, like you're like Aww. riding the faders. Mm-hmm. I used to pretend I was a radio DJ. Aww. I'm sure that had something to do with where I am in my life right now. Yeah, no, I used to uh, steal, well, not steal. I would borrow my dad's like camcorder and make like news reports with my friends. Yes. Uh, I would do that from time to time. Uh, and my dad was briefly a professional mechanic and has always been an, an amateur mechanic. And he, for most of my upbringing, always had like a project car of some sort. And I would often try as best I could to help him with it. Um, Ultimately, I was just basically a gopher. Hey, can you go grab this, go grab that, et cetera. But being around it, I think in very, very strongly um, cemented my love of cars, you know, at a very young age and just tinkering with the computer. Like you said, we didn't really have the internet. Well, we didn't at all have the internet for a long time. We didn't really have anything to give us new things to find in the computer constantly. And so we had to find them ourselves by doing something as preposterous as, like you said, searching for a file name and seeing what comes up. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, doing that, playing with QBasic in DOS when I was a kid, playing with Visual Basic with Marco when we were kids, all of that just very strongly set me on the path I'm on today. Uh, Benjamin wants to know, what's a TV show or episode or movie that you've seen many times but still hits you in the in the feels each time you watch it? Uh, I'm going to twist the question a little bit um, and say the last 20 minutes of Hamilton. Yeah. Hmm. I cannot listen to it without crying. So like I don't listen to it. I listen to the Hamilton soundtrack quite a bit, but I will stop listening. Interesting. Kind of around the time, spoiler alert, where Hamilton's son gets killed. Hmm. Uh, it's not really his history, like how much yeah, spoiling yeah, yeah. can there be? That, around, from that point on, I can't listen to it because I cry. I'm seeing Hamilton for the third time in a few weeks. I cannot wait. I still haven't seen it. It's actually coming to Richmond, and I we didn't have the chance to get tickets because we oh, didn't. Uh, but I know, I know. I've listened to the soundtrack, and I was actually just having a conversation with uh, my dear friend Brad about this just a couple of days ago. I've listened to the soundtrack a couple of times, but as you and I discussed on Inquisitive way back when, I don't typically pay close attention to lyrics, which means Hamilton is not really ever connected with me like i enjoyed it don't get me wrong yeah, but it, it, it will make more sense the lyrics will make more sense if you can see them and that's also like if fair. you're there yeah, yeah. right like you're seeing things being acted out sure it will it will help i'm taking my mom oh I, t- I bought her a ticket for her birthday oh that's awesome I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what she's gonna think about it i think she's gonna like it but i'm really intrigued to see if she, how much she likes it yeah you'll have to report back uh, even if just briefly uh, after it's mm-hmm. all over uh, for me, I, there's a lot of stuff that I get really choked up about when I watch. Um, but the thing that I think is most consistent and and makes me most weepy quickest is the last episode of Scrubs. Now, that's not entirely true. Scrubs continued for like two or three seasons after the one I'm speaking of. But basically, they thought the show was going to end. They filmed a series finale, and then they kind of like re-upped the series and it took very strange and weird turns and so as far as i'm concerned those those seasons do not exist this is kind of like if firefly ever had a you know season two would it have been any good or would it have been garbage um but anyway the the episode i'm talking about is is entitled my finale um i want to say it's season six i might have that wrong but 
It's the very last episode of the, you know, kind of traditional original run of Scrubs. And Scrubs, to this day, I think is my favorite comedy. Like, I've, I've watched Parks and Rec. I loved Parks and Rec. I've watched 30 Rock. I really loved 30 Rock. Uh, we're in the midst of, you know, because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is still airing. I've watched that. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine more than I expected, in fact. Um, such a good show. It is a very, very good show. I love all of these shows. I really do. I've never seen The Office. I know that's weird. I'm sorry. I just haven't. Um, but there are a lot of comedies I've really enjoyed. And I think for many, many reasons, some of which is nostalgia, uh, Scrubs is, and for a long time will probably be my favorite. And so the finale of that series uh, or the series as I think of it, um, which is again called my finale, um, I think it's just phenomenal. It also helps that um, the at the no spoilers, but the, at the end scene they have uh, the Book of Love as perf- as performed by Peter Gabriel, who is a, one of my favorite musicians as well, playing in the background as this like really emotional scene is happening, and it just pummels me right in the feels every single time. You watch Scrubs, right? Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't make it. Oh yeah, you didn't enjoy it. No, I I bailed out when it got when they changed it all up. Oh, you go, but that was after this episode then. I don't remember it. it, though. it I watched it once. Okay. But like I, I would have rem- I would have seen this, but like I bailed out after JD left. Yeah, okay. That was I think the next season after this. So we're saying the right, same thing. So I think I'm like, yeah, the, yeah. Those yeah. do not exist as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Jan asks, in a recent ATP episode, Casey talked about choosing the LTE watch LTE watch because he likes it for running. What is your current situation in this regard? Uh I, are you running? I am running. I do have an LTE uh, Apple Watch Series 5 because I do use it uh, when I run. Uh, that being said, I don't run very often anymore for a couple of reasons. Number one, I screwed up my, I think it's my Achilles on my right uh, heel. Uh, and so it gets fiery if I uh, if I run too much. Have you much. ever been to a like a running shoe store? Yes, actually. And I did get running shoes and that did help for a little while. But if I run too much. Um, but like, did you do that type of thing where they, they watch you run? Uh, I think. Think I don't remember. It wasn't that long ago. But if you haven't done that, you should do that. Maybe I'll you should try find it. a store yeah. that has people where you can run on a treadmill because oh, they oh, oh, they oh, watch no, no, your no, run no, no, no. Mm-hmm. and then they can uh, they can give you shoes which they recommend based on the way you run. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's very useful. I think honestly, I need to see like an orthopedist or something like that. But I've been lazy uh, about it. Th- but you should definitely do that. But then, <laughs> but then I think you should you should maybe get your kind of gait ex- assessed. Yeah, bit. sure. Um, but beyond that, I've been. Um, uh, over the last six ish months, I've been doing um, like workout videos. Um, so there's uh, hmm. a thing in it's international, but I think it's become very popular in America. Uh, and I might have talked about this on the show or somewhere else. So I apologize if this is a repeat, but um, the name of the company is called Beachbody. And it's very much like pyramid scheme, multi level marketing, like grossness. Oh, no. But. Mm-hmm. But the video portion, so like if you want to be a coach, then you have to in like r- enroll people oh, and God. you know what I'm saying? So like if you go into <laughs> yeah. that side of things, it gets real skeezy real Casey, quick. Casey, don't get sucked in. No, 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 absolutely not. I can't handle that. No, 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 no. I would, I, honestly, I would never. I have no interest in that. Zero interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> I think this is how everybody starts though, right? Well, that's fair. But they have no, that's fair. You know? But no, um, but the videos, to my eyes, you know, the videos are very good. And so I've been doing a program called Lift 4, which is L-I-I-F-T-4. Um, and the instructor coach, whatever, uh, I really enjoy. And he happens to be like 
I think six months younger than me or something like that. So we're about the same age. Um, and I've seen some changes in my body, like nobody else could notice, I don't think, but I notice, which is exciting. Uh, and so I've been doing, you know, that program, which is predominantly weightlifting, um, with a little bit of high intensity, uh, interval training. And I've been doing that most afternoons, uh, not every day, but most days. And so because of that, that I, I'm, I'm choosing to do this instead of running. And typically what I'll do is I'll run about two to three miles, which is about, you know, five kilometers, uh, once or so a week. And then I'll do this exercise, mm-hmm. the weightlifting stuff the rest of the week. And that's actually been working out real well for me. I still, as long as I run at least moderately frequently, I will continue to buy LTE watches. Um, but we'll see if I completely give up running if that, if that continues. Uh, Carson wants to know, what are you currently playing on your Nintendo switches and why is no one on Relay FM talking about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Uh, my expectation is because nobody's playing Smash that much. I don't play Smash. I don't think you play Smash. I know some people that do, but I, I don't think that at least for anybody. I think most of my friends, nobody is obsessive about Smash. Mm-hmm. But that that would probably be why. Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed whatever it was for the for the Wii Super Smash Brothers for the Wii. I think I have that right. Um, I really enjoyed that. It was a great like party game, and it was kiddo friendly because it wasn't bloody you know yeah you're beating each other up but it wasn't like mm-hmm. bloody and gnarly and stuff in the same way that uh, splatoon is kiddo friendly because it's paint not you know it's bullets and stuff yep. um i actually would like to pick up super smash brothers ultimate for our for our switch expressly because of like you know group or party situations or something like that uh, but as i was talking about earlier i just don't really have the time to play in the time the, the occasions that i do have the time i oftentimes just choose something else to do and somebody tweeted i don't recall who it was and i think either you or federico retweeted it but somebody tweeted like there needs to be an old man mode in video games where it'll explain exactly what you left off doing and what you were in the midst of trying to accomplish because part of the reason i i really have put Zelda down almost permanently. It's not that I don't enjoy it. I have really, really enjoyed the game, but it, I go weeks between having a, an occasion to play it. And then I'm like, so well, I have no idea what I was trying to accomplish. And yeah, so then it, it becomes that. very frustrating. I fall off a lot of games for that reason. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm playing on title goose game. Is that uh, worth it? I really need to try yeah, it. It's good. Yeah, you should. You could play it with the kids. Yeah. They would enjoy it. Okay. See, I've I've not wanted to buy it on the Switch because hypothetically I have an Apple Arcade trial, which I haven't activated or anything. It's not coming to Arcade. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, okay. Not they, if it is, they have not announced that. Oh, no. I must have just invented I thought it was already there is my point. I must have uh-uh. totally invented that in my brain. Okay. Yeah, you totally invented that Oh, well, that makes me feel better about spending the money on the Switch then. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to bring it to uh, mobile at some point, but there there have been no announced plans. I must be crazy. There are a bunch of like exclusives and all that kind of stuff anyway. Okay, um, okay. You know, like it's exclusive on the Epic Store on PC and Mac, and it's only on the Switch other than that. Oh, then I am totally and utterly crazy. I don't know where I came up with that. All right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which is one of the most beautiful video games I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's really fun. Is that the one that's like a reboot of the original or something like that? Is that right? Yeah, it was a reboot of Link's Awakening. Okay, okay. But it, it was... has this art style which doesn't look real. Interesting, okay. Right, like I'm going to put a link to this in the notes and in the chat for you so you can see it. Just look at the screenshots of this video game. that are coming on up right page. Now. Like these are the in-game graphics. It is unbelievable. You've never seen anything that looked like this. I'm watching this little video. Hold on. Oh, that you is super cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's 
entirely unlike anything I've ever seen, but it is super cool. I don't know what game you've played that looked like this. I don't know. I can't. Everything looks like it's made of plastic. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I see your point. That is cool. I, I dig it. Yeah. And this is Beautiful. a reboot of one of the originals. So, so perhaps not the original, yeah. but one of the originals. One of the older games. Yeah, Link's Awakening. Gotcha. So that's what I've been playing. Oh, and I mean, there's a bunch of Apple Arcade games, but that's but we're not talking about that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, we do have a bunch of really your feels uh, questions, but it can never hurt to add some more. So uh, thank you to those who have contributed. And uh, we appreciate it. If you think of one to go ahead and tweet with the hashtag relay your feels and uh, let us know what you're thinking. Go to pingdom.com. Oh, jeez. What was that? Did you hear that? Yes. Was that Siri? That was Siri, yeah. All I heard what was, is going on with me today? <laughs> we're, we're out of control. All I heard, because you're doing your thing, and all, I hear, all of a sudden I heard in the background, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, it did not initially strike me as Siri, in part because my Siri is feminine, but all of a sudden I heard, yes. It's that like, was like what? a super weird. Uh, you know what? Uh, we should leave that in the show. No, say, Jim, can you just take this out, put it at the end? Like, yeah, right. This is like the post credit <laughs> sequence for today. Because it's pointing oh, out why the Apple Watch is a dumb piece of technology oh, sometimes. Oh, boo. No, veto, veto. It's not, not being included anymore. Mm. Yeah, just like that, we're taking it out. 